Greetings everyone and welcome back to the Eagolution podcast. Um, this week, or this episode, <laughs> talking like I record this every week, um, this episode um, I wanted to share a bit about my thoughts of this fast-paced world, um, of samsara, of the ever-moving, ever-flowing desire for more. I think being back in London has brought to light a lot of the reasons why I left here in the first place. Um, I moved here um, about seven or eight years ago to study at the University of Westminster. Um, And after a year, even though I was having so much fun, it was just too much for me. The pace and the constant overdrive of stimulation was just too much everyone moves so fast everything constantly evolves there's always a new gadget there's always a new style the high streets are constantly changing and it sent me into overdrive I think one of the biggest difference for me now compared to them was that back then um I also didn't realise how much I enjoyed time alone. Um, But I I, I wanted to be out. I wanted to enjoy the latest music and the latest events and see the latest parties. But also my um, love of style and fashion um, was constantly like being fed because there was always something new to look at and I wanted it. I wanted everything. Um, Or I wanted to make it my own in some kind of way Um, and at one point I realized um, I missed the simple life at that point I'd been living before that for like four or five years in Thailand or traveling around Southeast Asia living a very basic and simple life Um, I you know I traveled but I spent more time with the local people learning from their cultures and learning their way of life and the difference in what one has here to what one has there is just profound. It's a completely different world. And whilst there is always like a market, um, it's much more in reach to have more. But not only that, like you don't really need shoes. (laughs) If you do, then it's flip-flops. And you don't need to wear very much because it's so hot. And if you do need to cover up, it's just a sarong to respect the temple space that you're in, like that kind of thing. Not only that, but especially in Thailand, uh, the late king who passed uh, a few years ago now, he really taught this to his people. Um, You know, he really encouraged this way of life of having enough and not necessarily more. Um, You know, it kind of has an almost like communist perspective, but uh, without being so strict. But this idea of having enough of providing for your family of having enough on your plate and appreciating every grain of rice it um it you know became my way of life for those years and it was only you know I was only 19 when I moved out there so it really like drilled into me and then suddenly I was here in London in the city that never sleeps in the constant moving racing chasing city of the riches and drive and money and desire and I was enjoying it I was having such a good time I was out three four times a week I was always dressed in something new I was 
working and studying, learning new things, making new friends, just having fun. Um, I was also, I was smoking a lot of weed at the time, um, but it wasn't the weed that I was used to uh, in Thailand. You know, it was full of chemicals and this was affecting me as well. Um, And then I wasn't sleeping and I was up every night just studying and reading and trying to find facts and I just became so overstimulated. And I still wanted more. I still wanted to learn more. I still wanted to work more. I still wanted to buy more. I still wanted the newest phone. And why? Because this is what is promoted here. This constant climb. This is what London is. And of course, that's just a surface perspective. But this is what is driven and motivated for people. And honestly, looking back, it wasn't sitting at Everest Base Camp or um, meditating in with a hill tribe somewhere or swimming in a waterfall. It was here in London that I feel that I had my first like profound awakening experience um, because the juxtaposition of what I'd experienced in the seven, eight years of being an adult of living so simply in a room made of corrugated iron in the middle of the jungle compared to um, walking up and down Oxford Street um, shopping (laughs) was profound and one day I looked at my bulging wardrobe of beautiful clothes and my filled up schedule and my books and books and books that I had read and I felt an emptiness. I wondered what on earth was I doing? I started to feel, I guess, an element of guilt because I was like, why do I have all this stuff? Why am I looking for all this stuff? Why do I want it so much? And simultaneously, like, why can't I have it? Why can't I want all this stuff? What is the problem with all of this? And my mind didn't stop racing. And I think there was one point where I barely slept for weeks um like at all because of all of this overdrive because of expectation me wanting to study me wanting to accomplish my family's expectations wanting me to finish a university degree and then this longing and missing for the lands where I've spent um being surrounded by cultures where I honestly and genuinely found profound levels of peace It took a lot of courage um, because I knew how the people around me would react. But I dropped out of university, the second one to date. (laughs) And uh, not because I didn't enjoy it, not because I was struggling, not because of any of those things. I actually really enjoyed the course and I enjoyed the people that were around me. And like I said, I enjoyed living in London very much. But I went to go and find that peace again, that peace within me. Um, I went to try and clear my mind. I didn't really know where I was going. It made sense to go back to Thailand because that's where I felt um, the most at home, the most understood. Um, and I, I, I suppose this is really where the journey of the birth of Middle Path Movement began, finding balance between structure and spirit finding balance between Eastern and Western cultures, finding balance within myself. 
and it didn't happen overnight and I don't think it is human to ever fully be in balance for extended periods of time because there's always something changing whether it's within us or the environment around us um but this was the time where I finally put the you know real intention down uh, to myself to find healing for myself and so be able to share my experiences with others you know this is why middle path movement this is why egolution is here because um, I want to share my experiences because the evolution I see in myself is profound and it's something that each and every one of us has the ability to do you know I've shared a little bit before on this podcast or in my writings um, or however you've chosen to connect with me in the past um, you know I started off as a little girl with without a voice and um, a lot of fears and very self-conscious um, problems in the body difficulties walking operations medications really doing what was expected of her to a woman that doesn't do what is expected of her often does the opposite not because I'm trying to do the opposite but just because that's the way my path finds its peace and it was having that experience that extreme imbalance the experiencing life with almost nothing not because I necessarily had nothing I guess I always knew there would be people and, and loving family and friends around me but just really being in spaces and around people that have what is perceived here as poverty here being London um, but these people just felt so rich and alive and content and at peace and then being in London where there was so much stress and anxiety and depression and huge buildings and sparkly watches and fine jewellery and all of this meaning what if the people who hold all these things don't have inner peace and I am by no means suggesting that having sparkly watches and fine jewellery and flashy cars means that we can't have peace not at all uh, and this then I feel is where egolution was born or has evolved because I feel you can have it all and be at peace but I feel like you can have have nothing and be at peace you know uh, physically nothing and be at peace but it's having the tools to find that peace and often in my experience not always but in my experience the people around me that have it all physically don't have the time to find peace because they're constantly chasing. Um, and this time round in London, I feel just as connected, just as immersed, just as part of London as I was back then. Okay, I'm not partying. <laughs> that's obviously a big, big shift, but that's also my age and where I'm at in my life. But um, this time, I don't have guilt for buying into luxuries, 
buying nice things for myself, doing nice things. I don't have that, but I do have the balance. I do have the time and space to meditate and I make sure I have that. And if I find that life is getting busy, I'll find a way to slow it down. I'll cut back on classes. I'll teach a bit less. I won't record a podcast episode. Um, I'll cancel meeting someone. Um, And having that power, just like we spoke about in the last episode with Gideon, um, Empire of Awareness, having that power to slow down, to me, is wealth. So what is samsara? The everlasting cycle of birth and death that is uh, affected by our previous life's karmas. Now, if you don't believe in rebirth, um, even just looking at it as a timeline rather than a circle um, of birth to death um, and having an opportunity in that timeline to become aware of what is important, of what lasts. I've had the opportunity in the last few weeks to meet people with um, a lot of material wealth, um, which is great. Maybe in the past something that might have impressed me a bit, um, but honestly not so much. Um, But I just, it's the people around me and seeing how they reflect or react to um, these material objects. Um, And I just wonder, what is the importance? What do these material objects bring us? And what relation do they have to our karma? I think an element of desire is important in being a real human. I know in yogic philosophies, we look at desires as something that we want to find the ability to eliminate, um, you know, not be controlled by desires. But I just wonder, what is the importance of these things? If it's a goal, if it's something that drives us to keep moving forward, I think there's a lot of power in this. But if we're looking at others like they have this and I don't, what is that doing to our internal health? What is that doing to our self-esteem comparing looking at others are we looking at the way these people feel do these material objects bring them peace happiness power maybe on the surface but I just wonder what these things bring internally and I do honestly think a certain level of competition or comparison can be healthy for self-reflection for inspiration yeah but I'm talking on a deeper level here I'm talking about how this affects our internal well-being and how this creates inner suffering how this keeps us drawn to and attached to samsara to the wheel to the sea of endless suffering And what lasts longer, the external material or the internal peace? If we are looking at samsara as this um, constant cycle of death and rebirth and reincarnation, um, I do wonder then, 
and you know just from my personal understanding and from speaking to others who are interested and passionate about these ideologies and philosophies whether we are living in uh, a simple environment um, you know with the basic needs or we're living in a fast-paced city um, with constant stimulation how do we break out of this cycle because that is the ultimate goal um, to find enlightenment to break free of this sea of endless suffering how do we do we just have to sit still do we stop moving do we stop connecting to the world around us do we segregate ourselves from communities honestly there was a time when I thought um, I had to do that and reading the scriptures uh, the yogic scriptures I realized that this is a normal part of the path of awakening of becoming self-aware of self-healing we become aware of the constant grasping and needing for more so we move away from it because we think this is the only way that we can heal that we can find peace but then of course we do find peace we find stillness but suddenly we're lonely suddenly there's no one around us and we wonder well what's the point of community anyway do we need to move away from the objects of desire no no, because there will always be something else to desire because this is part of our um, evolution from animals to mindful beings. There's always going to be the want to get more, the need for survival. But when there's so many objects to create powerful survival around us, we're going to instinctually try and take it all and have it all around us and surround ourselves with all these things that can protect us and build us up and make us rich. But what we really need to find, in my perspective, is the balance of this. The ability to have these things around us and know when it is enough. And this is how we avoid extremes. This is how we find inner balance. This is how we can live in peace in Samsara city. We can live in peace in the jungle. We can live in peace in whichever community we choose to live in. And when we want it, we can have it. But we know when enough is enough. Know thy ego, know thyself. Egolution. <laughs>